Tank Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll be featuring Kirk McElhern, columnist and iTunes guy, and no, not a ne'er-do-well. He does things very well. We'll also hear a little bit later from Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. All this and more on the Tech Night Out Live. I wonder if Kirk is just silently grinding his teeth when I kind of rag on him, but he's a friend. and no, I, I'm used to it. You, you used to talk about my secret back cave in the French Alps, and since I moved from the French Alps, you don't do that one anymore. No, you've just got a coffin somewhere. That's no, I live in a barn. You see there's something going on there, and of course one of the walls has a hidden button, and it takes you MI6. I don't know if you saw this in the news, but there's some little tiny house for sale in some city in the UK, and when you go down below it, there's like miles of galleries and stuff. I only caught a glimpse of this on the news last night, but it was really surprising. It looked like, I don't know, we'll, we'll, you'll you'll have to look it up after the show. It looked like it's like atop some kind of, like a big storage thing with, with pillars and galleries and stuff that goes on and, and it's all decorated and I'll have to try and find it. Did you find a secret laboratory yet? Well, that's the thing. There was like a secret laboratory or something underneath it. You see, art imitates life. Well, let's hope so. Well, if you start speaking like that after visiting it, you know, you'll be in very deep trouble. <laughs> All right. I don't even know how we got into this crazy discussion. Let's go to the supermarket, shall we? You know, a lot of times Kirk and I talk about the contrast between how things go in normal everyday life in the UK and France and in America. And we like to think that we've got all the great advantages in America. But let me talk to you about something that's typical for those of you who live in the USA and you go to the supermarket, and maybe you have your iPhone, or maybe you just have a sheet of paper, as I do, and you go through the shopping list, and you buy your stuff, and you go to the checkout counter, and you wait online. And the person at the checkout counter will look at every item, run it through a scanner, where it's reading the UPC code. And then, if you have coupons, they have to check the coupons manually, although sometimes you can do it from your smartphone. It gets to be a lengthy process. I mean, on some supermarkets... For smaller purchases, you could use a self-checkout feature, but it's still the same thing, except you're doing the work. You're paying the same money, but you're doing the work. But you're telling me that there's a better way in Europe. Yeah. Uh, so I caught an article on Mashable um, about a week ago, and it was talking about how a company in the U.S., Diebold, wanted to introduce a system using iPhones to scan your groceries. So you would go through the supermarket and you'd use your iPhone's camera and you'd scan each item, which you can already use the iPhone to scan barcodes. There are apps that can do that for various things. And they were making it sound like it was such a big deal. And I've been doing that for years here. All the supermarket chains, it's not with an iPhone, it's with a handheld scanner that, that belongs to the supermarket, which is probably a bit more accurate because, you know, it shines like a little red laser thing. And even before I left France three years ago, one of the supermarket chains where I lived had already started doing this. So here's what we do. We go into the supermarket and you've got to have a store card and you register your debit card to be able to use the scanner in case you run away. You swipe your store card in a, a sort of a wall of scanners and then one of them lights up showing the one you're supposed to take. And it kind of looks like a tricorder with a handle, I guess, right? And each time you 
take something and put it into your shopping cart. You just hold the barcode up and you push the button that scans. You get a little beep. In fact, there's a little voice that says, engage. No. Well, actually, there are little beeps to give you alerts. So if there's like a two-for-one offer or something, when you've scanned the first thing, it gives you like a tritone beep to make you look at it, to read the message saying, hey, you can get another one for half price or, or whatever. When you get to the end, you scan a barcode at a sort of a checkout machine and you swipe your card and you tell them if there's anything that didn't scan because sometimes sometimes the barcode's not readable and doesn't scan and someone has to do it manually. And you pay with your debit card and you leave. Now, we save, I don't know, easily five or 10 minutes when we go shopping. And the advantage is that you know how much you're spending. So so every once in a while, this supermarket sends us a, a coupon, five pounds off if you spend 40 pounds. Well, it makes more sense for us to spend 40 pounds and three pence than to spend 60 pounds. And frankly, sometimes we've gotten two coupons. We'd spend the 40 pounds, get the five pounds off, take the first lot of stuff, put it in the trunk, come back and spend another 40 pounds, right? So it's really practical. It, it makes it easy as you go along. At the end, you're not wasting any time. You can bag things or not. We come in with big, heavy bags and put them in the shopping cart, and then we just put them into our car. The, the thing that's interesting in this article in Mashable, and I'll quote the article, that's not to say that the product doesn't come with potential problems, namely how retailers will regulate that the concept, which is essentially rooted in the honor system that customers will scan each item they're purchasing on their own to prevent against theft. You see, now that's the big problem here in the U.S., and I'll tell you why. So, for example, we have Sam's Club discount stores kind of like Costco, where you buy bulk numbers of items and you pay a lower price, but you have to pay an annual membership fee. Now, when you check out at Sam's Club, before you leave the store, there's a greeter, except it's not a greeter. They look at your sales slip and they look at the items and they make a quick scan to see, well, you have seven items on the sales slip. You got seven items in the shopping cart. They check it off. At Walmart, sometimes you see the same thing. The greeter will, at times randomly select somebody to do this kind of scan. So here the problem is, in America, there can't be an honor system because they don't trust anybody. Well, so the way it works here is they've told us that you get manually scanned roughly one out of every 10 times you use the device. So in other words, you're at the machine to check out and it says, um, wait, someone's coming and someone comes and they run everything through a scanner to check. What we've found is... My partner has been dealing with an elderly mother who's been ill, and so she's been down in a different part of the country. She finds that she gets scanned much more often when she's down there, presumably because the address is different from the address recorded on the card. And we found a couple of times if we bought a lot of things, like when we've had guests or things we don't usually buy, we're more likely to be scanned. So it's it's roughly one out of every 10 times, but it's more, I guess, if they see that you've got a, a purchase history that's not normal. Um, that doesn't match what you're buying. So it's not that much of an issue. When you consider how much the supermarket saves by not not having humans do this, I think they've figured out that scanning one out of every 10 times works fine. Now, when they do a manual rescan, they don't tell you if you've made any mistakes. They just tell you how much you owe. But my guess is if you have, and it's, you know, you forgot to scan one little thing, it's not a big deal. But if they notice every time they rescan you that you've made mistakes, they'll eventually tell you you can't do it anymore. Once again, based on what you say, I still think that people in the United States are not trusted as much. And probably a lot of these stores get so much traffic that to keep this thing under control is going to be more difficult. 
not that there isn't some good idea in place about simplifying the purchase process. I think the stores here are no less busy than stores in the U.S. You know, it's not like I'm on some isolated island someplace with only 200 people. 300, um, who cares? Yeah, but it, all the big store chains do this here. Um, so, it, And it's not new. It's been like this for at least, you know, I've been here for almost three years. And I think the chain where we do most of our shopping started just around that time. So it, it's actually recent for that chain. But I know that at least one of the other chains, if not two, were doing it before that. But wh when you were talking about cost code, do you mean that you check yourself out at a, a, a self-scan? No, no, no. That's at regular supermarkets, not at the discount supermarkets. Right, because the regular supermarkets do that here as well. Um, in fact, it's often the small, what they call the local supermarkets, um, where they have more of the self-checkout lanes than in the bigger ones. But yeah, that's very common. Whereas I had never seen that in France. Now, it may exist in Paris, but I was outside of Paris. None of the supermarkets that I went to um, ever had the sort of self-checkout thing. But here it's extremely common. We have more to come. A further visit to the supermarket, and we wonder what Apple could do to make that process even easier. We have Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. The Genesis Communications Network is one of America's premier broadcasters of captivating talk radio. We thank you for listening. Now, just imagine, there are thousands of people who are just as passionate about radio as you are. But what you may not realize is how easy and affordable it is to advertise with us. Radio commercials for your business could be heard on hundreds of radio stations across the U.S. every day. We can help you by creating an effective radio advertising campaign for your company. From script writing to producing your commercials. Just like the one you're listening to right now. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective.
Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just 19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day, but growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So, if you want to hear this show, as many of you have requested without the network ads, here's what you do. Check out plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. Join Tech Night Owl Plus. Get the ad-free version of this show with more features coming for a modest month-to-month annual five-year or lifetime subscription rate. It's a great way to really support the show, plus.technightowl.com. Okay, so... Kirk is telling us something that if you live in the UK, you're familiar with this. If you're in the US, what? What do you say? But obviously they're using their own proprietary scanning equipment. What role can Apple play in this? Well, the scanners they use in the supermarket are just basic handheld scanners tricked out with a little um, LCD display, kind of like the size of, I guess, an iPod Touch, that kind of size. So it's like um, the portable scanners they already use to read the UPC. Exactly. Code. Yeah, it's the same okay. kind where, you know, when you press the button, you see a little red light, a line of red light come out. It's like a laser thing. Now, how do they have, stop people from I, stealing the scanners? Well, you've got to register and then you swipe your store card when you take a scanner so they know who has each scanner. So if you disappear, I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to say at least you've taken the scanner. If not, you know, maybe some food with it as well. 
So what could Apple do? So the, the thing about using an iPhone is it's an awful lot slower to scan because of the way the camera has to focus. This thing's nearly instantaneous. I, I have a hand scanner like that at home. I listed a few hundred CDs to sell used on Amazon. And rather than type all the barcodes, I bought a scanner for about 20 pounds. Uh, it's a USB thing. It works exactly the same. It's very, very quick. And in fact, the scanner I have, I can set it to stay on all the time. And I can just swipe a CD in front of it and it gets read. With the iPhone, the camera has to actually focus to the distance before it can read it. So that's going to slow things down. However, I could imagine you'd get more information because the scanner that I use in the supermarket, as I said, it's just an LCD display and it just displays a few lines with the item you've, you've um, scanned and, and how much it costs. So an iPhone or smartphone implementation could pop up pictures of things that you bought or things you might want to buy or you know, it might flash up coupons and, and special offers and things in a much more, I would say, attractive way. Also, it would be easier because you wouldn't have to register with a proprietary system. No, but you'd probably still have to register so they know that you're, so that they know that you're doing it. It's got to be connected to your store card. Again, they're follow, they're they're tracing your purchase history in order to know when to rescan you, whether you're buying things you don't usually buy, that kind of stuff. So you'd still have to register at some point. I guess when you get to the store, so you've already registered in, a, in an app that the store has provided for download, and when you get in the store, maybe you, you scan a particular barcode someplace when you go in to let the app know that you're in the store kind of thing. Well, maybe it's going to be like an entranceway where it's yeah. scanned. Yeah. Or, or even you open the app and there's some sort of Bluetooth thing that automatically detects it and says, yes, you're, you're starting your shopping session now. They've got to have some way to know when people are shopping. It sounds to me really, really fascinating, like a great way to make the shopping experience more efficient. I just don't see that happening in the United States. I mean, they're still even getting chips on credit cards. Yeah, you know, when I was living in France, and I'd say until about 10 years ago, the received wisdom was that um, French technology is 10 years behind that in the U.S. And that's a bit of an exaggeration. Um, and in recent years, it's caught up. But there were a lot of things that were really, that were very common in the States that you didn't get in, in France. And I'm thinking of things like DVRs and, you know, certain types of um, computer stuff. And now it's turning out that the U.S. is more circumspect about technology like that. Um, I mean, the chip and pin credit card thing is only because the total cost to set up the system is more than the cost of fraud, which is kind of a surprising way for banks and credit card companies to react. So basically, they're looking at it this way. We'll sustain the losses from fraud for less money than setting up a more secure system. Exactly. and It and sounds like Ford Motor Company, when they built the Ford Pinto, they figure they pay less for people who die or become seriously injured in accidents due to the defective design of the fuel tank rather than just provide a safe fuel tank. Gene Steinberg using the Ford Pinto example in every show. <laughs> you it's used the same example in the last show. I know, but it just applies to the, so the many thing, cases. The thing about credit card fraud is it doesn't affect just the credit card companies. It affects individuals as well. And the fact that it's so easy to defraud people's credit cards and accounts means that while the banks are supporting a certain amount of cost, individuals are paying with the time it takes 
to get their cards canceled, get new cards, complain about fraud and all that. Yeah, this is, of course, the bean counters. Yeah. So anyway, I'm very happy with, with our supermarket, what they do. Um, it really makes shopping easier. And, and all the shopping carts have a little holder for the scanner along the handrail. So you just sit the scanner in there and you can leave it there and press the button or you can hold it in your hand. Really, checkout is really, really quick. So, you know, you get to the end. When, when you're finished going through all the aisles in a supermarket, and, and the supermarket we go to is not a very large one, but when you get to the end, you're tired, you want to leave, you want to get in your car and go home. And standing online for five or ten minutes is just frustrating. This keeps the consumer happy in the part of the transaction where there's the most friction. Well, that's never going to happen here. Well, I'm sure it will. It's just a question of when and how. And frankly, I can't see it being a phone-based system. Um, I would see it more as the hand scanner system because the technology already exists. It's quicker to scan with a, a laser scanner. Um, the idea of doing it with a phone just seems to add a layer of complication. You know, what if your phone runs out of power while you're doing it? What do you do? I mean, the hand scanners at this supermarket, they're in a, a stand. If you, I don't know if you're going to put the link to my article on, on, your, on your website. Um, there's a picture I got off the web that shows the, the wall of scanners, and they're all charging while they're in there. So these things are never going to run out of power while you're using them. I wonder what this costs to set up. Yeah, and that's an interesting question. And how many people does it replace? Um, when I go to this store, I would say easily 10% of people are using the scanner. And that to me actually seems like a lot. Because the, the people who are going to use this are the regular customers, the sort of committed regular customers. Um, you know, you walk down the aisle, you see other people and you hear them scanning, maybe 15 or 20% sometimes, depending on when we're there. Other people who just drop in to get something quick at lunch, they're not going to bother. Um, I, I think part of it is brand loyalty. Um, the, the fact that, you know, the store wants the data here so they know what you're buying, so they know how to target you. And, uh, you know, part of it is replacing people and part of it is them acquiring data about your shopping habits. And, and of course, you know, they send emails and all, say, oh, buy this, buy this. And that data is probably as valuable as the amount of time and money that they've saved um, in not having a checkout person for the five or 10 minutes. We've got more to cover, and it's not just supermarket checkouts. With Kirk McElhern, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Why be held hostage by your wireless carrier for two years? What if you had no contract, no activation fees, no hidden costs, tracking, tracing, harvesting customer data, or draconian gimmicks, all on the nation's best 4G LTE network? Introducing PIX Wireless. Bring your phone and other qualifying devices to PIX and choose a plan starting at only $14 a month. Get connected now. Call or click 1-866-267-2056 or PIXWireless.com. Spelled P-I-X, wireless.com. Pick PIX and get connected today. Removing bad taste and odor from your drinking water is easy. Removing the bad stuff you don't taste is what ProPure does best. Water the way nature meant it to be. 
clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure countertop, inline gravity, and household water filtration products. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. Or call 800-544-3533. Hi, this is Walt Augustinowitz. I'm the founder and CEO of ID Stronghold. By now you've heard our commercials about wallets that protect you from electronic pickpocketing. Ten years ago, I created a way to protect my own cards from prying eyes after government officials started talking about issuing a national ID card with a built-in radio chip called RFID. I felt having to broadcast my personal information was an invasion of privacy. Soon after, it was also announced that credit cards, debit cards, U.S. passports, hotel room keys, and even transit passes would all soon incorporate RFID. It was then I formed ID Stronghold to share my inventions in blocking RFID signals with the world. There are a lot of misconceptions out there today about RFID. I encourage everyone to get informed and get protected. Please go to idstronghold.com and get the facts and the wallet, sleeves, or badge holders you need to protect your personal financial data. You'll be pleasantly surprised that through our direct sales model, you won't pay more than other comparable unprotected wallets. It is as though the protection is free. Visit idstronghold.com today. I'm Jesse Gonzalez, Vice President at Kmart. Did you know that premature birth is the number one killer of babies in the United States, or that survivors can face a lifetime of serious health problems? But you can help. Join me in Kmart for the March for Babies Walk. We'll work together to raise funds for research and programs that help the marginalized fight premature birth and birth defects and improve the health of moms and babies. Start your team today at marchforbabies.org. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24-7 Pain Relief Hotline at 866-389-0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait you can qualify to immediately receive a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24-7 pain hotline now at 866-389-0620. Our representatives are standing by 24-7 to take your call and rush you your pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. Just call 866-389-0620. That's 866-389-0620. Again, 866-389-0620. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. So there you go. That's how they check out your purchases at supermarkets in the U.K., those of you who don't live in the UK or in Europe will find this an alien transplant, but otherwise it sounds like a good idea. 
and maybe someone will try it here. I guess technologically it's not a big deal, but you said Diebold is looking into it. Yeah, aren't they a company that makes cash registers? They make cash registers and voting machines. Okay. So, also yeah. ATM machines. For them, um, as a cash register company, it makes total sense for them to integrate this into their existing product line. I, I didn't think of checking last time I was at the supermarket if there's actually a brand name on the scanner, but I'll look next time. You can probably look it up. I bet you can look up, uh, do a Google of it. That's all. Okay. Well, while you're thinking of the next thing we're going to talk about. I already did. I want to talk about the high purchase price for RAM from Apple. Now, let's put this in perspective. In recent months, we've had on Kyle Weens from iFixit.com, and they do teardowns of new tech gear. And right now, we've reached a point where most Macs do not allow you anymore to upgrade RAM. You can do it on the 27-inch iMac, but not the 21.5-inch model. Don't ask me why. Maybe because it'll be half a millimeter thicker or something. Apple's got this thick fetish. You can do it on the Mac Pro. One legacy MacBook Pro that hasn't been updated in several years. Otherwise, RAM is soldered. You buy 8 gigabytes of RAM. Sorry, folks, that's it. You can't get any more. That's it. Well, that's not true. What else is that, there? That's not entirely true. You can get it serviced. So on some of the new Macs... And I didn't say you can't get serviced. I said you just can't put in RAM. You can't put it in yourself. I mean, you can get RAM put in at an Apple store later for certain models, like the 21-inch iMac. But you can't do it yourself. I think Okay, Mac- what are they going to do? Take it out and replace the logic board? No, I'm sure there's an empty slot in it. It's just that they don't have a, a, a door to open the slot anymore. So they've got to actually take the whole display off to get inside it. I thought it was soldered on that model. No. I Well, I'm sure that the base 8 is soldered and the second one is a slot. Because um, what Apple's website says is that certain of them are user serviceable and certain are... I'm going to look it up while we talk. Certain are serviceable by a service thing or whatever. So therefore, if you go to an independent store rather than Apple, you can bring your own RAM and they'll replace it for you. But the cost of opening that thing is going to be $100. Exactly. It's not that it's impossible, but that you simply can't do it yourself. Um, so here, memory is not user removable on the 21-inch iMac, and this is from late 2012 to the present. Memory replacement for these computers must be done by an Apple retail store or Apple authorized service provider. Ah, sorry, memory in the, in the 21-inch late late 2015 iMac and 4K iMac is not upgradable. So for that, for the latest 21-inch, it is soldered. You're right. For the previous 21-inch back to 2012, it can be done at an Apple store or an authorized reseller. So there's still an, an empty slot in it. All right, but what we're seeing here is Apple is moving away from that, taking that ability away from you. Okay, so what you would normally do then is, all right, you have to think at the beginning of the purchase process, how much memory do you plan to use in the next five years or however long you want to keep that Mac? And then you buy that configuration. But when you do, you find that the difference in price from the standard version to the upgraded version, is far in excess of what you pay for that memory from a third-party provider like a Mac Sales. It's not only that. It's that the 
the cost as a percentage of the cost of the computer has gotten so ridiculously excessive. Um, so what brought this up is I wrote a short article on my website. I, I was looking at the new 21-inch iMac because I'm finding I, I have a 27-inch 5K iMac. And I'm finding that the display is just a little bit too big. It's too overwhelming. And I was thinking, you know, shrink a little bit, go to the 21. And I was very surprised, first of all, that it's limited to 16 gigs of RAM, but also that, and I'm quoting U.S. prices here, the the 21-inch Retina iMac is $1,099, so $1,100. That's not the Retina model, though. Ah, sorry, sorry, sorry. The the base iMac is ten ninety nine. The Retina is fifteen hundred. So the base model at eleven hundred. If you want to add eight gigs of RAM, it's two hundred dollars or eighteen percent of the cost of that computer. If you buy the Retina iMac, that two hundred dollars is thirteen percent of the cost of the computer. Now we'll also look at the Drive complement. They now have a low end version of the one terabyte Fusion Drive with a much smaller solid state drive. Working yeah, I think it. it's 24 gigs instead of 128. and It's 16 or 32. I don't think it comes to 24. It's 16 or 32. We, we can look it up, but... It's a small amount. Normally, it's 128. Well, gigs. normally. Uh, originally, the original Fusion um, was a 128, and it's not anymore. Um, but another thing is if you buy the stock one terabyte, the normal one terabyte drive, it's only 5,400 5, RPM, which is really slow. I mean, your standard drive is a fifty is a seventy two hundred, um, and now it's just it's surprising that they're offering that. So maybe it cost Apple ten dollars less. I don't even know if it's ten dollars. Yeah, maybe, but you, you know. So you think of the RAM at two hundred dollars that they're charging for RAM that cost them ten bucks, right? Because you can buy sixteen gigs of RAM. Someone I know just ordered sixteen gigs of RAM for a twenty seven inch iMac. I think he paid eighty dollars. So that means $40 for 8 gigs, and Apple buys so much, it costs them 10 bucks. Add a little bit of labor, sure. They've got to put that in at a certain point in the, you know, in the supply chain. But seriously, charging $200 for that is simply insulting. They're still charging $800 to buy a terabyte solid-state drive update. The problem is, with that is, if you buy it separately, it's maybe 350 just for the drive, rather than a trade-up cost. Yeah. Um, but we got to remember that. So, so we're t- we talked about soldered. And when you buy an SSD on its own, it's in a little, a little case like a portable drive. I mean, it's not, not an ex- enclosure, but it, it's surrounded, it's chips inside a case. And with Apple, it's just chips connected to the motherboard. So it's e- it costs them even less. Definitely $25 less. Definitely. I mean, when, when the first. Um, when the first MacBook Air came out just over eight years ago, eight years ago this month, I think it was seven or $800 for the 60-gigabyte SSD. Now, I actually had one of these. Um, a client of mine gave me one. Um, he was actually offering to, um, to, to use his – if you remember back in the day, um, there were two types of Apple development programs, and one of them, which was like a, a team program – um, had a bunch of discounts. And so a client was offering me one of his discounts on the MacBook Air, and I ordered one from him. When I got it, it had the SSD. And I said, you must have made a mistake. He said, no, no, it's a gift. Um, so the initial price was $1,799 for the MacBook Air. Remember that? Um, and I think it was 3500 or something with the SSD. It was just outrageously expensive. 
how soon we forget. But yep. the price of SSDs have not gone down at Apple, nor has the price of RAM gone down. No. And that doesn't make sense to me. Apple does not need that profit. Apple would certainly sell more computers if they made that offering because it's kind of disingenuous to make it impossible to upgrade the product yourself and then overcharge people if they want to get the upgrade, especially with SSDs. I mean, right now you look at the Mac Pro and the biggest SSD is a terabyte. You go to MacSales.com, they've got two and a three. They're expensive, but they're still available. What's Apple doing? I wonder... But we'll have to get that answer in our next segment. If we have an answer, you know, with Apple, they're inscrutable. There are no answers. There are only questions that never get answered. Now, that's kind of absurd. Okay. We're talking to Kirk McElhern. He has Kirkville at McElhern.com. That's his blog and his forums. And he also writes for Macworld. He does other stuff. And I'm just here. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. This is Dan Pillard. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. 
Did you know that drinking pure, high alkaline water is one of the most important factors in maintaining high energy and vibrant health? Most experts agree that the water you drink should be at a pH level of 8 or higher. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops, available only at AlkaVision.com, combine a unique formula of only the most alkaline minerals. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops alkalize your water, ridding the body of harmful toxins, and helps you regain health and energy. Alkalizing your water by simply adding 10 drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps the body rid itself of acidic waste, increases oxygen content, and raises the pH of your body to healthy levels. And bacteria and viruses cannot survive in an alkaline high pH environment. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops for only $29.95 at AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Or call 269-409-1776. 269-409-1776. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com today. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. More with Kirk McElhern. So, we have Apple and its policy of closing off upgrade options. Now, as a practical, even marketing issue, Apple doesn't need the extra profit. As a practical matter, though, why do they do that? Well, you know, it's the same as, as, as like selling a 16-gig iPhone, which these days is simply insulting to think that you're going to go very far with a 16-gig iPhone. I, I think what they're trying to do is basically they're trying to get you in the store saying we've got a Mac that's $1,100, uh, an iMac, but quickly telling you that it's not good enough. It's exactly what the car dealer does. Oh my heavens, you can get this brand new Honda Accord for $199 a month. And it's an entry-level model, and all the options you want are not there, or very few of them are. And if you really want the real car, which costs about $3,000 more, that loan program doesn't apply. Suddenly it's maybe $299 or $399 a month. Yeah. Bait and switch. Well, if okay, so let's look at the iMac. For an average person who doesn't work on a computer, 8 gigabytes is probably sufficient. Um, I've got, what, 24 on my 27-inch iMac. Um, you know, I have lots of apps open, and I use apps that need the RAM. But I think for average people, 8 gigs is probably okay. What they're saying, though, is that Basically, there is one Pro Mac now, and it's the 27-inch iMac. I don't count the Mac Pro because, A, it's ridiculously expensive for, for its specs today, and, B, it hasn't been updated in two years. Um, it's basically like the previous Mac Pro. It doesn't sell a lot, so they're not going to update it. So anyone doing professional work other than heavy-duty video rendering where they need 12 cores and, and they need a Mac Pro is going to buy the 27-inch iMac because that's the one where they can put more RAM in. 
if you buy, I mean, the base 27-inch iMac, you can put 30, it comes with 8 gigs, you can pay to put 32 gigs. That costs you 600 bucks. When I bought my iMac, I think it cost me 80 pounds, 70 pounds for the, you know, 100 some odd dollars to get a, an extra 16 gigs of RAM. Um, to, to get a total of 13, it would have cost me, let's say, $150. And they're charging 600 It's just... It's insulting. Um, at least with the 27-inch, you can buy your own RAM today. Um, but it's insulting that they gouge people that much for something that's really not a lot of work. Apple has a lot to explain there. You don't see any logical explanation because I don't. Again, I don't think that maximizing profits makes sense. I understand having an entry-level model to get you in the front door. Also makes sense. Hoping they'll trade you up. But even then, it's just so much Persian Bazaar kind of stuff. Well, it's a good, a good um, example there, the Persian Bazaar, where at least you can negotiate and you can get a bit of a discount sometimes. But that's not the case with Apple. Um, you simply don't get discounts unless you buy large quantities of stuff. Um, whether you buy it in an Apple store or from another retailer, you're getting pretty much the same price. What, what I do see here is that there are some chain stores that will throw in an extended warranty, not Apple Care, but their own extended warranty. Um, and that kind of separates them from Apple. But you're not getting a discount on this price. Also, um, if you want a trackpad now, you used to have an option between a mouse and a trackpad. And with the very expensive New Magic trackpad, that's $50 more if you want a trackpad instead of a wired mouse or a Magic Mouse. Okay. And interestingly... So you, you have four options. You have Magic Mouse 2, sorry, Magic Trackpad 2, Wired Apple Mouse, which is the same price as the Magic Mouse, or Magic Mouse 2 and Magic Trackpad 2. Now, the Magic Mouse on its own is included in the price. There's no extra. The Trackpad is $50 extra, but if you want both the Magic Mouse and the Trackpad, it's another $129. That's the full price of the Trackpad that you're paying. They're not even giving you a little bit off because you're buying a new computer and you're buying the mouse and the trackpad. Frankly, most people don't need the mouse and the trackpad, but still. It, it's, it's, it, it's price gouging. It, it's unethical to me to say you can't upgrade it, but if you want, when you buy it, we can upgrade it and we'll charge you a fortune for it. It's just not fair. So what do you think Apple should do? My opinion is that they should go back. And look at the design of every Mac and make it friendly to memory upgrades. Now, starting with the Mac Mini, because the external design of the Mac Mini is no different. But starting in 2014, they made it impossible to add memory. There's no point in that. I could see maybe it makes your MacBook Pros or your iMac a tad thicker. Who cares? Well, I would say it makes more sense on a portable device because you don't want a little door that can open, right? Um, but for the Mac Mini, uh, so the early ones, I don't remember how it was. Was it a little, a, a little hatch that opened? And then the later ones, it was the, the bottom is, is sort of a round piece of rubber, and you would just twist it and sort of unscrew it, and then you would get access to the, um, to the RAM slots. Exactly. It was very easy. You see, the first generation of the Mac Mini. You need a putty knife to take the case apart. But yes, then once right. you did once you did that though, you had access to everything. 
Well, there wasn't much to access. You accessed the RAM slots. Um, I actually replaced a hard drive on one of those Mac minis. Um, it was quite a stressful um, experience. Um, but we're past the point where you're going to exchange hard drives, I think. You know, it's just not something people need to do that much. We, we've got big hard drives now. Um, unless you're keeping a computer for a very long time. Or as you said, you want to replace, say, a hard drive with an SSD or a bigger SSD. You might want to do it. Um, but it's much less common to want to do that now. And frankly, that doesn't bother me because I'm used to using external drives. So my iMac has a 256-gig SSD, and my system, my user files, my apps are on that. But all of my media files are on external drives. Um, I could never, and, and I wouldn't want SSDs for all my media files. It's a waste of, of the cost of an SSD. Um, it makes more sense to me to use those on external drives. Remember, though, we're at a point now where prices for SSD is still in the state of flux. It's still a little bit too high. But it's reaching a point, maybe in the next year or so, where the premium won't be so high and then there would be very little reason to have a standard hard drive except for really, really large storage. Yeah, and, and some of the reviews of the um, entry-level iMac um, pointed out how sluggish it was. I remember Jason Snell, I think, reviewed it on Macworld and said something like he had never waited so long for a computer to boot up in years. Um, you see, we're spoiled. Of, we're spoiled because well, we have solid-state drives. But we have not pretty even fast remember, hard drives. We also we, have Fusion drives. Remember that it's a 5400 RPM drive. So it, it basically it's a laptop drive, a slow, um, less power-consuming laptop drive and desktop computer. If you look at the iMacs a few years ago, they all had full-size 7200 RPM drives, which were quicker just because the drive spun quicker. Um, now they're these little 5,400 RPM drives, and it's certainly an awful lot slower. And, and that's just not a good experience to, to, a, um, to someone who buys an iMac for the first time, and they choose the entry level because they can't pay more, right? If they have that really bad experience of the really slow boot, which apparently can take up to a minute, I mean, a minute to boot a computer, right? Um, that's going to turn them off of Macs. Exactly. I would, th I would think the Fusion Drive should be standard now. I agree with you. If only the basic Fusion Drive. You mean the, the, the one terabyte? Well, the one terabyte with the smaller solid-state partition. Right. And, and apparently the smaller... Uh, I can't find on the Apple site what it is. I thought it was 24. Um, apparently it doesn't make that much of a difference in, in terms of... Unless you're running lots of apps... Um, I mean, the operating system comes in at about 8 or 9 gigabytes. So uh, even if it's 24 or 32, you know, your whole operating system can be on the flash memory. Um, and the apps that you run, unless you're running very big games, all your apps are going to be on that as well. Because remember, the Fusion Drive, what it does is it copies files from the hard disk to the flash memory when you use them. And the more often you use them, the more likely they are to stay on the flash memory. So you get the advantage of the flash memory for files you use a lot. And you get the advantage of the larger storage for files you don't use often. It's a good compromise. One problem I have with the way the Fusion Drive is designed. And I'll tell you what that is in a moment. And I think it seems obvious, although maybe it makes more sense for Apple to do it the way that it does it. All right? We'll get into that in a moment. 
All right, we have Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. A reminder, if you want to get the ad-free version of this show, just go to plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S dot technightowl.com. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Ted Anderson telling you about Jordan Rubin's Beyond Organic Green-Fed Raw Cheddar Artesian Cheese featuring whole milk created through ancient dairy breeding, unpasteurized, untreated whole milk on the same farm the cows graze, containing natural sources of omega-3s, CLA protein, calcium, probiotics, and enzymes. I have never tasted cheese this good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. You haven't experienced yogurt until you've tried a Mossy, embodying health and flavor in a true whole milk, green-fed dairy beverage. Every sip pays homage to our old-world cows and the ancient culturing methods their milk benefits from. With over 30 probiotics, a Mossy's undeniably nutritious, refined, cultured sensation bolsters your health and awakens your passion for dairy. A Mossy's so good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Here's what bothers me about the way fusion drives are designed, and maybe this is something that they really can't do much with. It works fine for a single partition where you have some of the contents on the solid-state drive, that which you use most often, such as the operating system, your frequently used apps, etc. The rest is on your standard fixed hard drive. All right. Now, if you partition the drive, only the first partition benefits from the solid-state. There's no situation where you boot to the second partition and it spills the stuff over as you use it to your solid-state drive. It doesn't happen. A second partition or a boot camp drive where you make part of your Mac's drive useful as a PC. That also is running on the mechanical hard drive. It doesn't spill over to the solid-state drive. You see what I'm yeah, saying? If, if you're going to be doing something like that, I think you should just use an external drive. 
I mean, it's going to be slower, but if you get an external Thunderbolt drive, it'll be fairly fast. I've booted my iMac off a of Thunderbolt drive, um, and I think my iMac still only has Thunderbolt 1, right? Because it, it's from a, more than a year ago. Um, I, it's, not, it's not a common use case, so I really don't think... Um, I don't think you should be worried about that. Well, I mean, you and you and I are, but for the average user, it's not it's not a problem. Um, if someone if someone's doing that sort of stuff, then they're probably going to have external drives, and that makes a lot more sense. That's the point. That's the point. All right, let's talk more about taking things away. Apple takes away the ability to upgrade RAM on many of their products. We used to have something called iTunes Radio ad-supported and everything. And it worked uh, kind of okay. Apple's first foray into providing something like this before, of course, we had Apple Music. And now, as of the end of this month, the only free radio channel will be Beats 1. The rest requires Apple Music. Why? Well, my guess is that you know, one of the big differences between um, Apple Music and Spotify is that there's no free tier. So there's no free ad-supported tier. On Spotify, you can just listen to music if you put up with ads. And, and that, you know, there's a reason for that. And Apple didn't want to do that. And I think the iTunes Radio thing was an intermediate step. Remember, iTunes Radio came out a few years ago. Um, and I think now that they're getting people to use Apple Music, they want to get rid of any possible way of getting free music. Um, now, iTunes Radio is not an on-demand streaming thing. You can choose a song, an artist, an album, make a radio station from that. So it's kind of like a genius thing. It creates playlists. So, um, for example, when I first set up iTunes Radio, okay, I first set it up, what did I do? I specified Beatles. Of now, course you did, but there's no Beatles. No. Well, there wasn't. Well, there is now. Yes, there are Beatles offerings there. That's not the problem. The problem is it was done so poorly because it wouldn't just be Beatles. What they would do is they'd offer music from the Beatles by other artists, cover songs, number one, yep. which some of us may like, some of us may not like. The other thing here is that sometimes they put songs in there that had no relationship to anything the Beatles did, except maybe it is British rock or something. So it's like the Beatles, another band that came out of the Beatles tradition. Yeah, something from the same period or, you know, when, when you choose an iTunes radio station, it's not just the band you want. Um, it's related bands. It's things that other people would like if they like that band, basically. That, that's the assumption. Exactly. I never liked it. Well, I listened to it for a while. They actually had some good classical stations that were specific to composers. And when Apple Music came out, they already got rid of those classical stations. Um, and then they kind of um, limited the sort of variety you get in the other stations. So it got less and less useful, and I haven't used it in ages now. So the goal here is, in this particular case, they used iTunes Radio to get you interested, and now they have Apple Music. If you want that stuff, you pay for it. Otherwise, that's not our problem. Yeah, I, I think, um, again, Apple doesn't want a free tier. Because, you know, one of the possibilities is they just don't want ads. And they realize that ads are not 
people don't like ads. They don't like ads on the radio. Um, and and the fact that the few times I listen to Spotify, um, the ads just have nothing to do with what I'm listening to. It's uh, it's for music or it's for stores or products or brands or whatever. Um, and it's intrusive and it's annoying and they're always louder than the music and they make you switch off basically. So I can understand the logic there. Of course, Beats 1 is more of a commercial for Apple Music than anything else. So that's still going to be free. Unfortunately, it's not it, it's a very limited range of styles of music and it doesn't interest me in any way. Um, whereas Apple Music, there were all sorts of genre stations, again, classical stations by composer, um, and that's no longer the case. It, it's a much more limited. They do have sort of best of genre stations, but um, it's that they got rid of lots and lots of stations that were probably quite useful. All in the interest of getting you to pay that $10 a month. I guess it's doing okay. It has 10 million paying members as of the end of 2015. And remember, the pay period was October, November, and December because before that was a free trial. So in the space of three months, they signed up 10 million people. Spotify had 20 million as of what? The summer of last year. So we don't know how well they're doing. I think they're about to announce new numbers very soon, maybe 30 million. Okay, that um, means Apple has a long ways to go. Well, we don't. Apple hasn't announced these numbers. We don't know if they're, they're the real numbers. Um, the last real number was something like six and a half million. Six and a half, and that was a number they said, I think, a month after the first free trials ended. Okay, but Apple, this is, Apple's playing the long game. They're not making a lot of money off of this. Um, and in fact, that's kind of makes you wonder, you know, just, just as the iTunes store in, in great part early on was designed to sell iPods, um, Apple Music is designed to sell iPhones, but now that there's an Android app for it, it's not even that. So it kind of, what's Apple's point in, in Apple Music? I really wonder. Well, it, even it, if it's available on Android, that's kind of a stealth plane because they bring Apple technology to Android users, feeling that some people will like it so much they'll just buy an iPhone next time, get everything. Yeah, I don't think that one app on Android is going to convince people to buy an iPhone. Um, I, I just, I don't know. It, it's like, I, I think Apple wants to just retain a bit of street cred, and that's what Apple Music is. It's to keep the company looking young. Um, they get a couple of rappers on stage and they get, uh, you know, the Taylor Swift concert film or whatever it is. I don't really see it as being something that is benefiting Apple in any way. Well, they bought Beats Electronics for something more than just selling fancy headphones. Yeah. And again, I think it's for street cred, nothing else. I think it's to make the company look cool again because... You know, they've had trouble looking cool. I guess there was a time when Coldplay made them look cool. Um, there may have been a time when U2 made them look cool. But, you know, we're going back more than 10 years now. And I think even then, U2 was past their prime. But is Dr. Um, Dre cool anymore? The guy's got to be 50. I don't think Dr. Dre is specifically cool. I think um, the other musicians that he might be bringing into the company are specifically cool. I think that's the thought. Well, they do have cred in the music industry. Unfortunately, that cred evidently has not extended to the TV content providers because there's still no 
evidence of an Apple subscription service for television. I'm going to talk more about something else, which is the iOS 9.3 public beta that's out now. And I guess some people are making a big deal because it has a handful of new features you don't expect in what's normally a maintenance update. We'll get into that in a moment. We have Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $19.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. Say goodbye to the cable guy. Cut costs and get more. 1-855-905-MY-TV. 1-855-905-MY-TV. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Chronic inflammation is now known to block your ability to repair and compromises your immune system, making you more vulnerable to all diseases. Since poor diet, injuries, or stress are all contributing factors, many people suffer from inflammation. Your body's number one means of neutralizing inflammation and the pain that it may be causing is glutathione. Glutathione is the body's number one peptide to neutralize free radicals and thus stop inflammation. Hi, my name is Jason. I'm 44 years old. For 10 years, I had been suffering from chronic pain in my abdomen and groin that radiated down into my feet. After three weeks on One World Way, the pain in my feet reduced by 50% and the overall pain in my body reduced significantly. 
significantly as well. I ran out of One World Way and the pain returned. I got another container and again, after three weeks, the pain reduced significantly throughout my body. I'd highly recommend One World Way to anyone dealing with chronic pain due to inflammation. Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorld, W-H-E-Y.com. If survivalist housing has been in your plans, get ready. We're bringing our Timberline Range Camps to you February 6th through 14th. The Great American Outdoor Show in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Get an up-close look at some of our most popular Timberline models or visit survivalistcamps.com to pre-order a camp. We'll bring it to the show and save you the cost of shipping. It's the perfect time to get that camp you've wanted. Go to survivalistcamps.com, then plan on joining us at the Great American Outdoor Show in February in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. As you know, when Apple has a monolithic release for iOS and OS X, they come out in the fall. And then there are a handful of releases over the year, mostly to fix bugs. But sometimes you get a more encompassing release for iOS where a couple of key features are added. And now we're seeing an iOS 9.3 public beta. Public beta meaning that if you're breathing, you have a heartbeat, you can go to Apple's site, look up where their seating site is, and sign up for public betas of OS X or iOS. 9.3 has a feature called Night Shift, and some are suggesting this heralds a policy from Apple that may mean each one of these updates through the year will have more features rather than just have one big update in the fall. Well, it's more than just Night Shift. Um, the first thing to note is that Apple actually has a, a web page entitled iOS 9.3 Preview talking about the new features. They don't do this for dot upgrades. They do this for iOS 7.0, 8.0, 9.0, but not 9.3. This is something that I don't think we've ever seen this, except if you go back to Mac OS 7.5, which was a really major upgrade. Um, but this is, you know, that's a long time ago. Um, Night Shift is one of the features... Um, there are also secure notes in notes that you can um, lock with Touch ID. There's some personalization in news. Um, there's some stuff in the health app where they've moved. It looks like all the stuff that's in the activity app that's recorded by the Apple Watch is now in the health app. And it doesn't say whether they've got rid of the activity app, which would really make sense because it's useless. Um, there's some CarPlay stuff. But there is a huge new education system where you can essentially set up multiple users on a device um, making an iPad a thin client. So you set up all your um, your entire class in an app called Apple School Manager and anyone, any student can use any of the iPads and sign in and they get all their data, presumably coming from a computer. They, they talk about organizing this on the web, so maybe everything's stored on the web or maybe locally, I don't know. But this is a big deal for education, um, to have multiple users instead of each specific student needing the same iPad or 
not having personalized iPads. Now, just to put this in preferences, in a point of reference, what he's talking about is something at apple.com slash iOS slash preview, and that preview may change. So everybody who wants to know what this contains, you can go to Apple's site and learn about these new features. What's interesting to me is it seems like, you know, more than what you'd get with an interim release. Sure, it is. But less yeah. than you get maybe with a major release, but it's like halfway there. It Whereas is. Whereas a major release of Android doesn't have as many new features as this. It, it's possible. And there's actually another feature that they don't mention here, um, and which to me gives an idea of something that may be happening soon. You, can, you will, with iOS 9.3, be able to pair multiple Apple Watches to an iPhone. Now, this suggests to me that the new Apple Watch is going to come out, let's say, March. Um, people who already have one Apple Watch, Apple's going to want to get them to buy a second one. And the only way, of course, is if you can have multiple watches. So imagine that you've got a sport watch and a stainless steel one with a dressy band, right? Um, you use the sport watch when you're working out, and then you switch to your stainless steel watch, and the iPhone automatically picks up the data and transfers it to the new watch. So all your health data and all of your configuration, your app layout, and everything is the same on both of them. Um, the only reason for them to do that with 9.3 is because there will be a new Apple Watch coming out soon. So maybe it's March, maybe it's June, I don't know. The education stuff makes sense to bring it out now. So if 9.3 is in beta now, we can figure, what, a month before it's released, late February, early March? Right. And that gives schools enough time to plan for next September. Because they do have to plan ahead. And this is the kind of thing that teachers and, and school administrators are going to want to look at for a while before they decide whether they're going to buy those 500 iPads for a school. Well, certainly that's an important thing because right now they have one big piece of competition in the school systems. And that is because it's so cheap, Google Chrome. The Chromebook, yeah. Sure, Chromebooks are cheap, they're junk. But school systems, there are financially strapped, which is most of them. We'll look at that and give it consideration. But Apple providing a more sophisticated, secure environment dedicated to students and teachers and educational systems and curriculum planners, that's going to sell a lot. It might even sell more iPads. Yeah. So, it, you know, it's interesting. Um, my friend Rob Griffiths, who is one of my co-hosts on the Committed podcast that I record, he has two daughters and they use Chromebooks in their school. And they really like the fact that the Chromebooks they use have a touchscreen display. So it's a laptop with a keyboard, but you can also use the touchscreen for certain things. And they actually asked if they could get Chromebooks at home. And Rob was a little bit fuming. He said, no, 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 you got, you got to get Macs. No, no, we like this. We want this. Apple is losing a long-term market. If they can't get Macs or iPads back into schools, they're losing that long-term market of kids who have been using these devices at school and then ask their parents to buy the same device for them. I remember when the iPad first came out, I wrote an article for Macworld saying how useful it would be to have multiple user accounts, one for the parents, one for the kids, one for the husband, one for the wife kind of thing. This isn't that. This is a, a much different system because it's still based on, uh, again, it's what's called a thin client where your, your, your computing device doesn't do anything. It picks up all your data from someplace else. Um, so it's not quite the same thing. But it's the next step that they need, both for education and for enterprise. Um, I can imagine that the enterprise market is going to get something similar. 
when you look at the preview here, they're calling it education preview and everything's showing classes and all that. And I imagine they're going to make, instead of Apple School Manager app, they're going to make an Apple Enterprise Manager or something like that. So businesses can, can use the same kind of um, multiple user system. It's possibly also a shakedown cruise. Give the technology a chance to germinate, get the feedback from public beta testers, get them going into the school systems, and then when they release the next version of iOS, iOS 10, maybe it's going to have multiple user features for business and maybe multiple user features for everyone. Well, there aren't a whole lot of features that they can add these days. You know, you look at you look at the major upgrades and in, in the incremental feature additions, and there's not really a lot of new stuff. And they try to make it sound like it is, but it's not. And I think a multiple user account thing would be kind of nice. Um, again, I, I wanted this years ago. Parents and kids, you know, husband and wife kind of thing. Would that sell an iPad? I think the kids want their own iPad for themselves, but there are families who can't afford an iPad for the kids and an iPad for the parents. Um, so it would certainly be a solution. Apple, expanding the joy of the iPad. Kirk McElhern, where do we find more of your stuff? You can find me at Kirkville. Um, that's my website. It's www.mackelhern.com. That's M-C-E-L-H-E-A-R-N.com. And you can find me at Macworld, where I am, among other things, the iTunes guy. But I write about lots of other stuff, too. Kirk McElhern, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me as your guest again, Gene. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. If you're like me, you're concerned about the stock market and the economy. You're asking the questions, but it just doesn't seem that you're getting the right answers. Well, my friends at the Wealth Preservation Institute not only have the answers, but they've put together a free report, How to Survive the Upcoming Economic Collapse and Protect Your 401Ks, IRA Savings, and Retirement Income. Don't hesitate. This report's for free for a limited time by calling 888-772-2929. That's 888-772-2929. Take back your financial lives today. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. And I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. It's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 
1-855-79-YOUNG. Removing bad taste and odor from your drinking water is easy. Removing the bad stuff you don't taste is what ProPure does best. Water the way nature meant it to be. Clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure countertop, inline gravity, and household water filtration products. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. Or call 800-544-3533. Hi, this is Walt Augustinowitz. I'm the founder and CEO of ID Stronghold. By now you've heard our commercials about wallets that protect you from electronic pickpocketing. Ten years ago, I created a way to protect my own cards from prying eyes after government officials started talking about issuing a national ID card with a built-in radio chip called RFID. I felt having to broadcast my personal information was an invasion of privacy. Soon after, it was also announced that credit cards, debit cards, U.S. passports, hotel room keys, and even transit passes would all soon incorporate RFID. It was then I formed ID Stronghold to share my inventions in blocking RFID signals with the world. There are a lot of misconceptions out there today about RFID. I encourage everyone to get informed and get protected. Please go to IDStronghold.com and get the facts and the wallets, sleeves, or badge holders you need to protect your personal financial data. You'll be pleasantly surprised that through our direct sales model, you won't pay more than other comparable unprotected wallets. It is as though the protection is free. Visit IDStronghold.com today. A lot of people's lives and bodies are out of balance. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops optimize pH level and get rid of harmful waste and acid. Just a few drops in water restores vibrance and energy and gets you back in balance. Now order two bottles and get $10 off your order. Sign up for monthly auto shipping and save 25%. Call 800-518-7615 or visit alkavision.com. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at alkavision.com. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We have Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer back for his monthly session with us. And I wanted to hit right away with an editorial he wrote on Thursday of this past week for the Mac Observer entitled California Bill Would Ban Encrypted Smartphones. Now, welcome back, Brian. But I think before we discuss this article, let's do a little backgrounding here. So right now, Apple smartphones are encrypted. Tim Cook says he's not going to accede to requests by the U.S. government to give him a backdoor. So let's proceed from there. Sure. So, thank, first of all, thanks for having me. The issue here is the end-to-end encryption that our messages are protected with and that, uh, that is, protects iPhones and, mo- and most new Android devices at the system level. So, it actually protects the entire device. You can't, if you don't know the passcode, it would basically take, you know, theoretically hundreds of years to, to, to decrypt uh, the contents of a device that has been locked. And the nature of the encryption that Apple and Google are using is such that Apple and Google themselves can't break it. They don't have the keys. The key, and this is important because of something that, that uh, encryption experts have understood for decades now, decades. 
A back door open to anyone is available to everyone. If you stick a back door into any encryption method, someone else can find it and someone else will probably find it. Now, I should point out before we go on, what you see on TV shows where they have security experts like CSI Cyber, where the computer geek of the week rhymes will decrypt something in five minutes or maybe before the show ends in 43 minutes and 55 seconds. But the kind of encryption Apple and Google are using, even these TV geeks would have to spend enough shows to fill a couple of centuries just <laughs> to get started on it. Yeah, not, not even the NSA can do this stuff anytime soon. It's state-of-the-art. It's state-of-the-art encryption in terms of um, in terms of what certainly what can be done at the smartphone level, um, but it's designed to be um, not unbreakable because every form of encryption can eventually be broken. The issue is is how much computing power you have to throw at it and for how long you have to throw that power, and that's what Apple and Google have done, and they haven't done it because they hate law enforcement. They haven't done it because they hate the U.S. They haven't done it because they hate um, even foreign governments like uh, you know the Chinese or the or the Russians they haven't done it because they you know they're 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 bad boys with attitudes they're doing it because this is the only way we can protect ourselves from all of the malicious actors that are out there you know the the just from you know hackers who just want to play around with your device to criminal organizations who want to steal your banking account information or your login credentials for iTunes or you know or everything else and foreign governments who want to be able to spy on everything we do. Now, of course, our own government wants the ability to spy on people that said government have targeted. But we can't have protection from all of those other folks without having that protection against even our own folks. And that's where the debate comes in. So basically, we're talking here of an all-or-nothing situation. You either do it right or someone's going to break through real fast. Yeah. Someone's going to inevitably break, break through. It's not a matter of if. It's only a matter of when. You know, again, this is something that the, the encryption experts have understood for decades. We kind of went through a similar debate in the 90s with, the, uh, with uh, national law enforcement and uh, national intelligence services and the national the, the U.S. Congress. They all wanted uh, U.S. companies not to be able to export um, devices capable of encryption that they couldn't beat. But you know that that was that it was called it was called the encryption wars is what it was called actually back in the '90s. And fortunately, those forces lost that battle. People understood. They eventually came to understand uh, what was at stake here: the fact that you know if, if we if we tried to keep at that point if we tried to keep. Um, uh, uh, powerful computers out of the hands of anyone except for those in the U.S. Eventually, outside companies would be able would would be forced to develop their own technologies uh, that could actually then compete with us. It would have been a just a terrible situation. You can't have protection by suppressing encryption. You, it just doesn't work that way. And as we've already said. Encryption is an all-or-nothing thing. You either have it or you don't. And we have to have it to keep the bad guys out of our phones, even though we want the good guys to be able to get at the bad guys' uh, 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 phones themselves. Just, but we can't. You just can't. You can't have it both ways. 
All right. So what is the state of California doing despite that? <laughs> well, it actually started with um, uh, so, so there, there's been noise from the FBI. There's been a little bit of noise from the NSA, although not as much. There's certainly been no noise from the DOJ and the White House, although that has largely gone away in the, the in the last several months but there's been noise about requiring through legislation uh requiring device makers like apple or operating system uh, makers like apple and google to provide backdoor access uh into these devices and of course the technology firms um uh especially tim cook tim cook has actually been very vocal about about this they have um fought back by saying that you know this isn't how it works you know you, we have to have privacy and we have to have encryption and this is the only way we can do it so in the middle of this ongoing discussion at the national level we've got a couple of chucklehead um assemblymen assembly members and assemblymen actually they have dif- different titles one in new york and one in california a guy named matthew uh titone or titoni i don't know how to pronounce his last name and the New York Assembly introduced a bill that would ban the sale of devices that manufacturers couldn't um, couldn't decrypt uh, in that state. And that was – we found out about this last week. And then this week we have uh, Assembly member Jim Cooper uh, in California representing the 9th District, a Democrat representing the 9th District, who is – has introduced a, basically an almost identical bill – in uh, California's assembly. Now, before we go on, there is a comment now from Randall Stevenson, who spoke at the World Economic Forum this week in Switzerland. He's the AT&T CEO. He had a comment. Okay, and what was that? I'll throw that in, then you could react. He said that the decision should be made by the public and Congress, not companies like Apple. So he's certainly no help. Well, he's no help. His company gave the NSA backdoor access to everything that we were doing across his backbones after the attacks in 9-11, after the, the uh, Twin Tower attacks. So, yeah, Randall Steven has, Stevenson has no moral high ground here as far as I'm concerned. AT&T has no moral high ground here as far as I'm concerned. The last time they were involved with the discussion, they did it without telling us, and they did it without warrants, and they did it. In a completely, and in my opinion, illegal manner, they ended up being given um, uh, uh, immunity by Congress in a later bill, which is just a travesty of justice, in my opinion. We'll have more on this in our next segment. We're talking to Brian Chaffin from the Mac Observer. A reminder, folks, we want you to check out plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. It's a way for you to support the show. And what we offer is the ad-free version of this show. More features coming. To find out more, go to plus.technightout.com, P-L-U-S.technightout.com. You can subscribe to Tech Night Out Plus for a modest month-to-month, annual five-year, or even a lifetime subscription rate. And people are living longer nowadays. I think in America, there's 72,000 people over 100. So we'll try to stay around for them, too, if you get the lifetime subscription. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today.
Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Owe $10,000 or more to the IRS? Get on board with the tax admiral. Don't pick on the IRS alone. I'll cut penalties and reduce your overall tax bill. Sometimes I can even get it zeroed out completely. We're an A-rated company helping people clean up their mess with the IRS. If you owe $10,000 or more, then call the tax admiral. Call 800-287-7180. Again, that's 800-287-7180. 800-287-7180. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich, working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare, having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad. But boy, was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. 
He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle live with Gene Steinberg. So, Brian Chaffin, before we go back to Apple and encryption and this brouhaha that's being raised by state legislators in New York. And in California. And law enforcement. And obviously the CEO of AT&T. Do you expect to live to 100? Personally, no. Um, my, my health is... <laughs> I take far too poor care of myself to live to 100 unless there's some significant and magical advances in science in the next 20, 30 years. Well, I think of it this way. At this point in time, I am well beyond the age my brother reached, which means nothing. But there you go. In any case, let's just get on with this thing here. What does the public think of this? Have there been polls as to what people want to do? Just because someone in a state legislature or even in Congress or a corporate CEO says something doesn't mean the people care because they're constantly introducing bills that nobody asked for. Well, yeah, it's true. I, I, would, I would hazard that the vast majority of people don't care about this topic. They're unaware of it at the very least. And if, if they are aware of it, it's probably you know a 50-50 chance whether or not they they go for the truthiness of the idea that if law enforcement serves a, a warrant to a company like Apple that Apple should should be able to you know meet the needs of that warrant and it's like I said it's going to be probably a 50-50 chance whether or not they they go with the truthiness aspect I don't know actually I, I would imagine that the vast majority of, of uninformed people would go for the truthiness aspect. I have no data on that, but that's sort of my gut instinct. Well, something like this, too. Even if state legislatures tried to pass this bill, there'd be a lot of lobbying and advertising by the big tech companies. Yeah, I would imagine that I don't think a bill like this could survive. Uh, it will get passed, and not in New York and not in California. I, I do wonder at whether or not there isn't some force behind both of these bills being introduced at the state level. And I also marvel at the idea that, you know, tier two second string state legislators think that, that they need to address it at the state level instead of allowing it to be addressed at the national level. That's just the, the hubris involved there is just fascinating to me. Um, they might be looking for higher office. That could be the main reason. They figure if this gains traction, they could say, I was the one who introduced this thing. Yeah, I was the one who made all of us less safe. Well, just think of all the other stupid things governments do. You know, it's funny. Some of the people who say we don't want so much government control are the first ones to try to pass bills that actually have more government control, like this one, like over a woman's body, something like that. Yeah, it's true. Uh, do we? You know, I'm always happy to delve into politics if you wish, but uh, it seems a little bit outside the purview of it does, and except in this case, because we are involved in politics now, because we have governments who are trying to pass rules and regulations that impact well, what a company so in, can sell. In the case of uh, Jim Cooper, he's a Democrat. I'm actually looking for uh, Matthew. 
Tetone's uh, affiliation is he party. He's also a Democrat. So we actually have two Democratic politicians who are doing this. Um, in in the wake of 9-11, most of the rush to, you know, make warrantless searches legal to, to you know, put gag orders on uh, on librarians to get access to uh, uh, backbone communications from AT and T and Verizon and whatnot uh, in secret without telling uh, without telling the, the the people. Those efforts were led by Republicans. Uh, in this particular case, we have two Democrats uh, who have proposed these bills, and I don't know what they're thinking. Well, remember, it's not just one person proposing a bill; they have to get co-sponsors. Uh, actually, they also have to. Don't they also have to get the leadership to agree to bring it to the floor? Probably. You know, each legislative body is going to have different rules. I don't really know much about how New York works or California, actually, despite the fact that I live in California. I'm not sure how California's works. Uh, Both of these bills have been authored by the individuals. They don't have co-sponsors as of yet. Uh, They're not on the floor. I don't even think they're being discussed in committee yet. They're just bills that exist. So we're way early on this. And one can assume that the technology giants will actually tried to bring some um, some information to the folks that are involved uh, through lobbying what we you know we, we can hope you know but lobbying has a has a very bad uh, very bad reputation but the reality is is that that is how companies and individuals can communicate with uh, with their legislators so who's lobbying for this who's lobbying for this see that's the question that's what I want to know who's the one who's pushing us I don't know that answer yet is anybody lobbying for it well, yeah, sure. Um, the FBI, James Comey, has been quite vocal. Uh, you know, he, he's even played the uh, "it's for the kids" um, card by saying that there was going to be a kidnapping where the information they needed to thwart it would be on a on a device that that they couldn't get access to. Obviously, the terrorism threat is the terrorism, a numeral yeah. uno, where we assume the terrorists will be releasing this information on their cell phones, and if we only had access to their encrypted cell phones, we'd be able to figure it out. But, you know, that's pretty complicated because, number one, it's not just being able to crack the encryption on one particular smartphone or regular mobile handset. The question is to know which one. How do you know which one is being well, used by someone who has this stuff? Even under- even above and beyond that, this, this, this is the thing. By making... All of our devices less safe. The criminal organizations and the terrorists and uh, you know the foreign governments can all go and 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 develop their own private encrypted communications platforms. This stuff is relatively trivial at this point. That breaking encryption is not trivial. Implementing encryption is trivial because there's just a lot of scholarship on this. There's a lot of real-world data. There's a lot of real-world coding out there. There's a lot of open-source stuff out there. So by making our iPhones and our Android devices um, more susceptible to hacking by bad actors on the global stage, the actual bad guys can just go and do their own you know, white label third party thing. And <laughs> the good guys that, you know, our, our, our law enforcement and uh, our uh, uh, intelligence services will be 
you know, completely unable to get to them, yet all of our stuff is going to be accessible by the bad actors. That's one thing they forget. They seem to think, well, if you give us control, it lives in a vacuum. It doesn't mean that ISIS won't be able to do it, too. Anyone who has a skilled computer hacker can do exactly what they can do. Right. Now, it. Admittedly, something like uh, like on the more individual level, something like a kidnapping, you know, um, it's it's the criminal organizations and foreign governments and terrorist uh, groups that would be able to do their own um, their own third party uh, uh, platforms. You know, ind- individual criminals are probably not going to be able to do that. So, it, 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 admittedly, law enforcement might be able to get at more local criminal uh, devices, but. Still, it's not. That's not going to make us safer. So, at this point, do you expect these bills to go anywhere, or is it just a matter of heeding the warning signs? Uh, how do you mean? Well, do you think these bills, like the one in California, the one in New York, do you think anyone is going to care? Anyone's going to follow through with this, or is it so far down the rabbit hole that nobody cares? I. I don't think that they will pass. I also don't think they're going to get a lot of attention. I don't think they'll, I, I doubt they'll make it out of committee. Um, I, again, I don't know enough about either legislative body to know exactly how uh, they work and uh, how long their processes, uh, processes take. Um, I also think that if any of these bills got serious, that Apple, Google, Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, Intel, uh, a lot of companies could start bringing to bear an enormous amount of pressure through the through the airwaves with a, hopefully a public education campaign. You know, St- Tim Cook has been very passionate when he speaks about this. He talks about the importance of privacy, and he, he talks about the, uh, uh, the 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 realistic limitations on encryption and the complete lack of visibility of feasibility of having a back door. He's spoken about this stuff passionately, but it's always been to groups like Congress. It's been to private groups where he's given speeches to. It's been in interviews uh, like, uh, you know, uh, like uh, the various conferences that he's attended. Um, The same passion could be brought to bear in a public uh, education campaign. And we probably need that at this point. This is, this is an important issue. You know, more and more of our lives I'll tell you what, let's break it here, and then we'll pick up us on the next segment. More to come with Ryan Chaffin of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? 
go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We continue our discussion about freedom, encryption, whether Apple and Google should give a backdoor to governments. We have Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. Let's continue, sir. So the thing is, Gene, more and more of our lives are on our smartphones. Uh, This is true in the developed world, and it is true in the developing world as well. Of course, the developing world doesn't have a lot of political clout. But this issue is becoming more and more important to all of us, because we have so much of our lives on these devices. We have our banking, we have our private communications, we have, uh, you know, I mean, uh, iTunes logins, iTunes login credentials are very valuable because people can use that to steal money from you, right? They can they can get your login and then buy and and buy apps. They can buy apps for other people. Uh, they can launder money. They can steal your money and launder it all at the same time. Uh, the same thing is true with Google Play, although uh, probably to a lesser extent, simply because uh, iTunes tends to ha- it, it tends to have more affluent users. We have all of our contacts. We have all, 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 uh, most of our logins to all the various other websites that are out there, including shopping sites. I mean, we have so much stuff on our smartphones. This is important to all of us. It's not just a matter for geeks, and it's not just a matter for politicians. This is important to all of us, and we all need to be educated on this. And to that end. I would like to see a public education campaign by the tech giants. Well, isn't that somewhat of what Tim Cook has already done? Well, is is speaking at Recode or speaking to his alma mater or, you know, doing an interview even on 60 Minutes. I mean, actually, 60 Minutes is probably the broadest exposure. But we need more than that. I think we need... We need um, uh, websites at Apple and Google that are dedicated to information on encryption and explaining exactly why this is important and how it works. So there's a, the, did you catch the news about the CCL? No, would you explain what that means? It's the Congressional Cybersecurity Lab. This is uh, something that's being created by the Woodrow Wilson International Center for Scholars. 
And it has been backed so far by a $400,000 grant from the William and Flora Hewlett Foundation. Most of us might have, have heard of the William and Flora Hewlett Foundation uh, from either uh, uh, PBS or uh, public radio. They back a lot of uh, uh, public, uh, public content. But they gave $400,000 to the Woodrow Wilson uh, uh, Center. And what this lab is designed to do is to teach politicians fundamentals on cybersecurity. In other words, you know, do, do you remember the, I, I forget which senator it was, but do you remember the senator talking about uh, how the internet was a series of tubes with dump trucks? I think so, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was about like 10 years ago. And it, it, you know, it was just ignorant stuff. That uh, that was clearly, you know, clearly he thought he thought of it as, as a re- revelation that he needed to share with the rest of the Senate. A lot of politicians get into power and they have they don't they don't understand technology and they certainly don't understand encryption and they certainly don't understand cybersecurity. Yet they're the folks who were supposed to make the laws that 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 that, uh, that govern this stuff. And the CCL could go very far in uh, actually teaching uh, these folks about some of these fundamentals but and they're designing a six-week course where you you know you go once a week to the center and you take the course which means of course that most politicians won't ever bother to do it so it's not like going to magically fix anything unfortunately but it's it's a huge step in the right direction but it doesn't do anything to address these uh, chuckleheads at the state level well the chuckleheads at the state level you know those are well you know what in large part any politician is looking for the next office yeah, and yeah, true. But numerically speaking, most of them won't make it. Well, obviously. But nonetheless, so these chuckleheads at the at the next level, uh, I guess I'll continue with my ad hominem attacks. Um, are uh, uh, I don't you know they 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 wouldn't have access to something like the CCL and you know a state legis uh, legislature can always pass some kind of ridiculous law based on ignorance it happens all the time it happens probably every day somewhere in the country so what do you do what do you do educate the public we have to educate the public and by we i mean you know certainly cite we write about this topic all the time at the mac observer because it's coming up all the time uh we talk about it on podcasts we talk about it on uh, uh your radio show um uh, lots of other tech sites are talking about it. But, you know, we're all largely talking to, to the echo chamber, the echo chamber of those who are involved in the tech world or interested in the tech world. Well, that's not most of the people. So, you know, we need like the New York Times and the Washington Post and the Wall Street Journal talking about this stuff too. And we need these companies talking about it in ever more public ways. I mean, encryption is important. We now, need to understand this. Part of the problem right now, I see, is the fact that we have a crazy political climate right now. This is an important issue that should be discussed by the presidential candidates. But there's so much wacky stuff going on, particularly with one political party, that we have a reality show out there. And forget about your political beliefs. This is not something that's going to be discussed seriously. No, because it's not it's not important enough yet. I mean, like um, the uh, it's not important enough to 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 break through uh, the noise. And the here's the reality, Gene. The only thing that would make it important enough to discuss at that level to break through that you know wall of noise 
would probably be something the wrong way, meaning like there's some terrorist attack that that where law enforcement or intelligence services claim they, they could have stopped it, but but they couldn't get access to the information. Now, they're playing a game factually in one particular case here where they're talking about the San Bernardino, California Act. And they mentioned that the woman, the female, while she was in one of the Arab countries, supposedly communicated her terrorist beliefs in a social network. The problem is it was done under a different name. So even if you had access to the posting, you'd have to know she used this other name. Also, it was done as an instant message, therefore being, we presume, private. So you'd have to have the right to not just be able to access a private instant message, but figure out that somebody is using another name and what that name is. Well, what law enforcement wants is the ability to basically look through everything said everywhere, which is you know the staggering amount of information, and they and they want to basically to 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 parse all of this stuff and look for the things that would indicate something nefarious. Um, now that is largely what you know we in the business call a police state. Oh, and, one of those places. All yeah, right. one of those places, right? And it's um, it, it, it to me it's hugely scary. And the reason why it's hugely scary is because while today law enforcement and intelligence services like the NSA, the National uh, Security Agency, they might be looking for what almost all of us would consider bad guys and bad guy communications, and communications from actual terrorists and communications from criminal organizations. Right? That's today. But what about in two years or 10 years or 20 years or 50 years when the, you know, terrorism has been extended, the concept of terrorism has been extended to anyone who says anything negative about the government or a politician or the Constitution or the flag or whatever, right? I mean, we, we know through history that surveillance powers taken – always become abused. They've been abused in this country. Jagger Hoover's FBI in, its fi- in, in his final 10, 15 years was an incredibly ab- abusive organization, and it was used by not only J. Edgar Hoover himself to watch people he didn't like for things that weren't illegal. It was also used by the White House under the Nixon administration to, uh, to uh, uh, surveil his political opponents. We have more to come. With Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. 
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Go to GCNteam.com or call 855-GCN-MALL. That's 855-426-6255. GCNteam.com or 855-426-6255. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. It's about time something new came along for better selling and buying online, and I found it. It's BuySellMakeOffer.com, a brand new company that's the newest and best way to sell products online. You can even use Skype or video to sell your car, home, any product. You get 30 days free, packages starting from only $7.95, and BuySellMakeOffer.com never charges item fees ever. Just go sign up, then load your stuff to sell. I love this site. BuySellMakeOffer.com. Got it? BuySellMakeOffer.com. Better selling, better buying. Winter has just begun, and are you already tired of being cold? How would you like to never be cold again? This is Dale with Fortress Clothing, and I'm here to tell you, you will never be cold again with Fortress. If you're tired of freezing your butt off, elk hunting, sitting in a tree stand, deer hunting, winter camping, fishing, ice fishing, no longer fear the cold. If you snowmobile, ski, snowboard, get Fortress. Sledding with the kids, shoveling the walks, shopping, or if you or your spouse get cold feet at home, get Fortress. If you're stuck outside working in the cold or find yourself in an emergency situation, get our winter bug out bag and you will never be cold again. Fortress is the answer, so quit complaining and go to FortressClothing.com. It's a mid-layer garment that goes with anything you want to wear. Enter coupon code RADIO and get 20% off any item. Go now while we still have inventory. FortressClothing.com Why be held hostage by your wireless carrier for two years? What if you had no contract, no activation fees, no hidden costs, tracking, tracing, harvesting customer data, or draconian gimmicks? All on the nation's best 4G LTE network. Introducing PIX Wireless. Bring your phone and other qualifying devices to PIX and choose a plan starting at only $14 a month. Get connected now. Call or click 1-866-267-2056 or PIXWireless.com. Spelled P-I-X. Wireless.com. Pick PIX and get connected today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. 
This discussion has become one of freedom. Do you want your government to spy on you, even if you think you're not doing anything wrong? Who cares? Well, we have the Patriot Act that at least the first version of it was passed during the paranoia about 9-11. And that's when things happen. When a bad event occurs, politicians who don't have our best interests in mind can take away your freedoms because of fear. Acting on fear, they can do things. And this is something that could happen in a case like this, where if there is some kind of terrorist act or the possibility, the mere fact of the fear could be used to say, okay, let's pass this bill so that Apple and Google, those big, nasty people, can't hide the data from your phone. Of course, the one who suffers is you, not them. Yeah, and I'm actually going to quibble a little bit with Eugene. Almost all of these things that I found philosophically reprehensible, uh, things like the Patriot Act and warrantless wiretaps and warrantless surveillance and gag orders for librarians, you you said that they're, they're passed by politicians who don't necessarily have our best interest in mind. I would actually say they always have our best interest in mind. Well, they have the best interest quite often in the person who helps finance their next campaign and the possibility of reaching higher office. Yeah, but, you know, as much as I hate the Patriot Act, my belief is that the people who crafted it and the people who pushed it all thought it was necessary to protect the country. That's the actual danger there, is that not everybody agrees on the best way to protect the country or to protect our privacy or even what rights we should have. Not everybody agrees on that stuff. And that's where we have to be vigilant because, uh, you know, um, can, can I use the uh, four letter word that refers to a place that's often thought of as below us? Is that, is that appropriate for radio? That one? Yes. So the road to hell is paved with good intentions. It's an old bromide. It's an old phrase. And I believe that there is a lot of truth in it. There's, you know, good intentions are usually what's behind stuff like these two bills in New York and, and California, the Patriot Act, and, and, and all of the other things that would seek to trade our, our privacy for security. It's almost always good intentions. And keep in mind that a lot of people are happy to trade their privacy for security. That's a, that's a great deal for a lot of people. I'm just not one of them. I don't think you are either. In any case, let's move on, because this is something that obviously won't be solved today, and we don't know if these bills will even go anywhere. But just to keep it in the back of your mind, if you do hear more posturing from politicians about it. All right, let's continue. So next week, Apple's going to announce its quarterly financials. We're hearing all this chatter that Apple cut back orders of iPhones because of poor sales. But that comes from this supply chain chatter. And didn't Tim Cook educate us a couple of years back that you can't take a couple of supply chain metrics and make an assumption about the entire sales picture? But it's happening again. Well, he he tried to educate us. I would say he didn't necessarily succeed at that. And Uh, I don't think any of the articles I've read where they quote this, that, and the other industry analyst who says, well, sales will be flat, or maybe they'll emphasize the cheaper models, and they cite the supply chain, but none of these alleged journalists who writes the story says, wait a minute, that happened two years ago. Yeah, it's happened repeatedly. Uh, I would note that uh, when we cover such rumor leak predictions, stories, 
that uh, we try to always mention what Tim Cook has said and the fact that we have, we have heard this many, many times. So all that said, I, I wonder if there isn't a little bit of fire behind the smoke. Uh, we're getting more these Apple has cut orders for the, um, for the March quarter, during the March quarter. We've, we've had more of those reports than we've had in the past when this has happened. Of course, they could actually all still be coming from the same source. And, you know, we don't know if that information was planted. We don't know how accurate that information is. We don't know uh, if it's because Apple is actually shifting supplies from from uh, one manufacturer to another. That's that's the big thing that Tim Cook was talking about. He, he said that Apple's supply chain is so complex and so enormous that data points from any, you know, small portion of that supply chain um, seldom give anyone any kind of accurate idea of what Apple is actually doing. And... Um, but you know, Apple Apple keeps its information so close to its chest that Wall Street is always looking for that that inside edge on knowing what the company is going to do, and and that that's what feeds a lot of this stuff. And the other thing, of course, is that journalists don't do their research. They take a current event but don't use perspective. They don't know how to use the morgue. In the old days, when you wrote for a newspaper, you went to the morgue, which was just the archives. Nowadays, you have Google. So you just do a little bit of a search. Hmm, supply chain in Apple. Hmm, let's look that up. Oh, Tim Cook said this. Maybe I should quote them. Oh, that we do. That doesn't happen anymore. Very we do. rarely. I, I think the uh, the lesson there is that, that one should get one's uh, news and information from MacObserver.com. Well, that's true. Or <laughs> the Tech Night Owl, where we try to deliver perspective. I mean, there are people out there who try to educate you on what's really going on. The problem is here, it's not the mainstream press. The mainstream media doesn't understand that. You know, they didn't understand, for example, when Apple had the 8.0.1 update that sort of bricked iPhone 6 Plus. You know, kind of a really difficult thing because of some kind of installation problem. That thing was pulled within an hour. Oh my God, it's a bad update. The next day they released the fixed version. But you think it must have been more widespread than that? One hour. Well, you know what? I'm not going to give Apple. I'm not going to give Apple a, a pass for any of that sort of thing. Apple is so big now. Apple can't make mistakes that way. And when Apple does make mistakes like that, it deserves to be called for it. Oh, sure. Opinion. But the key is here: it's not so much whether you make a mistake because you will. It's how quickly you fix it, what you do to address it. That's as important. Uh, yeah, true. Well, th- that is certainly true. Because certainly, with all these products and operating systems, think about all the platforms. You've got iOS and OS X and watchOS and tvOS, and there'll probably be a car OS if they come out with the Apple car. Yeah, and if Apple was barely making it by, I would probably be a lot more willing to give them a pass for, for merely being big. But the reality is, is that Apple makes so much money. One of the things that we're paying them for, for these products where Apple makes a lot of money... One of the things we're paying for is that they work and they work well. They now, the, work thing, better, the thing that bothers me, the thing that bothers me is it doesn't seem that operating system reliability has gotten any better after they had the public betas. Like the public betas serve marketing needs. Oh, look, you can see a preview of the next version of iOS. Now there's an iOS 9.3 with a few very nice features that's available for public beta. Apple has a special page on the website 
previewing it. It's like an interim release. You know, six months after the initial release, we'll get this interim release with some new features. That's cool. What also is cool is to tell you this is the Tech Night Out Live. We have Brian Chaffin. I'm Gene Steinberg. More to come on the other side. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest-priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad, but boy was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just 19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV Hey guys, Pat Matthews here to tell you all about the newest and best way to sell your products online. It's buysellmakeoffer.com, a brand new site to sell your stuff online. Your old golf clubs, sports equipment, tools, and yes, even your car. Forget about the other guys. Buysellmakeoffer.com will never charge you item fees. Go to the website now and sign up so that you can soon load all your stuff up to sell. This is not an auction site. Just use our resources along with Skype and videos to sell your items quickly and with no fees. Go right now to user-friendly buysellmakeoffer.com where the first 30 days are on us. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. 
Piedmont Attorney Spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with Principal Office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. This is the other side. We haven't said what the other side is yet. But if we find out, we'll let you know. We have Brian Chaffin here. We were talking about the quality of Apple's updates. And the fact is that they have a public beta program. They're giving you more information about what's going on, like the 9.3 update for iOS. But it looks to me like more marketing. Is Apple learning anything from the feedback it receives from customers? I don't see it. Well, think about it this way. Maybe without those public betas, some of Apple's quality control would be even worse. Ooh, yeah, and that's a great thought. I, you know, I talked a little bit on uh, Jeff Jeff Gammon and I. I believe uh, Jeff Gammon is uh, one of your regular guests too. Sure. We talked on um, the uh, Apple Context Machine podcast earlier this week. We talked a little bit about how um, it seems like Apple is letting more things slip through the cracks, and I, I believe that that is the case. I mean, Apple is still making devices that are better than everybody else's devices, and their software products are better than everybody else's software products, in, in my opinion. But there are things that seem to be slipping through the cracks, and I want Apple to get a handle on that soon. There is a story you did run on the Mac Observer. This is not something you wrote. It's written by Jeff Gamet. That Apple took two and a half years to fix a security flaw, but this time it's okay. How is it okay? Needing some serious time to properly address this series. Yeah, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna buy into Jeff's argument here. Um, so Jeff's argument seems to be that Apple needed time to fix the flaw. I, I call balderdash. Apple has been slow to address far too many security things. Some of the, some of which are quite important. And that's, it's something that Apple has actually greatly improved on. Right? Apple's response to security flaws today is head and shoulders, orders of magnitude better than it was, say, five, eight years ago. But I think that Apple still has room for improvement, and I certainly, I, I actually expect to see that improvement as time goes on. So in this case, supposedly the reason this wasn't fixed, and it's one of these obscure, malicious thingies that was first discovered, reported to Apple in 2013 by a company called SkyCure. But Apple didn't fix it until the iOS 9.2.1 update came out this past week. Right. And here's what um, the company, uh, the researcher, Yer Amit uh, of SkyCure. It took him two and a half years to learn how to pronounce his name. That's the problem. That could be it. He said, this is a quote, we reported this issue to Apple on June 3rd, 2013. This is the longest it has taken Apple to fix a security issue reported by us. It is important to note that the fix was more complicated than one would imagine. However, as always, Apple was very receptive and responsive to ensure the security of iOS users. Now, it's a very positive comment, um, and that's probably part of why Jeff uh, said it was okay 
to me, two, <laughs> two and a half years is still too long. It's just, I, I, I also understand that, that I, I'm sitting here in my office talking um, uh, on a microphone to, to, to Eugene, and I'm not the one who's making this stuff. You know, I, I, my job is to talk about it. It's an infinitely harder job to do it, and I realize that. But two and a half years is, is too long to let a serious security flaw uh, hang out there. Right. Now, even if this was at the kernel level, deep down in iOS 9, Remember, Apple every year is releasing, as of now, four brand new major updates to operating systems plus loads of interim updates. So, you know, they build watchOS. Two versions, two major updates. TVOS. So what's going on here? Well, uh, the, the, what's, part of what's going on here, I think, is the fact that Apple keeps a close watch on its products and services at, at the very top, at the the executive at the executive level, the the top executive level. And Apple has been getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and the its executive ranks have only gotten bigger, not bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, Apple runs lean. Uh, part of Steve Jobs's philosophy in um, in how to be how to make an innovative company is that you run like a startup. You have you have small teams making fast decisions. I, I think I like that philosophy. We've seen the results of it. Apple does things that no other company seems to be able to do. This is a good thing. This is a great and wonderful and lovely thing. But the people at the top who are, who are keeping their fingers on all of this, I think they've got too many things to keep their fingers on. And I, I don't know how you fix that. You certainly don't want to start letting B team uh, members into the uh, executive ranks just because you need more bodies to to watch products. Now we've seen some changes here, right? We saw Jeff Williams, who is uh, the recently uh, installed chief operating officer for Apple. He's been Tim Cook's right hand man in operations for for more than a decade. Now he's the new COO. He's the the one who shepherded the Apple Watch to market. He's an he's an operations guy. Yet he was he was doing a little product managing. Um, so therefore, he's the new Tim Cook. Maybe because we also have Phil Schiller, whose purview has been uh, marketing for you know since Steve Jobs came back. He is now in charge of the App Store and the Mac App Store. And understand here, the Mac App Store especially, and the iOS App Store, they've had problems. As successful as the iOS App Store is, there's still concerns about the restrictive nature that a lot of great software ideas can't be implemented. Concerns about how apps are accepted and arbitrary decisions. Concerns about promotion. Concerns about the fact that you can't get upgrades to a product at a discount. So you have to buy yeah, a brand new version. Pricing. You have to buy can't a brand new demos. You can't get version two at a discount price like you can now. It's a new app. You have to pay the full retail price. Existing customers get no benefit of being able to buy a retail upgrade for a lower price. And as you said, demos. Yeah, you can't get demos. And existing customers can benefit by getting free upgrades, but the companies can't benefit by offering discounted upgrades. And that's that's a significant issue when it comes to the economics of, uh, of uh, application development. And understand here, you can't just sell a license and expect to support that person for the next 10 years. 
you figure every two or three years, there's going to be a major update. This is an important income stream for the software developer. Yes. They can't just keep selling to new customers. They have to serve existing customers. You can't just give them free updates forever. You have to say, okay, this one, our app costs $29.99. You've used version one. We'll give it to you for $14.99. We'll give it to you for half price. That makes a lot of sense. That's a fairly standard way of doing business. But you can't do that in the app stores. And Apple, I think, needs to address that. Do you think Phil Schiller, who's been the marketing guy for, what, 20 years, almost 20 years, he might be able to change things? I I don't know. Maybe. We've gone down an app store rabbit hole here. Um, Phil Schiller doesn't have any experience as a product guy. Neither does Jeff Williams. Well, Jeff Williams does now, but he didn't when he got the Apple Watch gig. Um, Phil didn't when he got the App Store gig. Um, so but he understands know. marketing, and sometimes the marketing message and the marketing benefit can well, be he, enough to say he can say, "Look, this is better from a marketing standpoint," and encourages developers to continue to be creative because they have a better income stream. It conveniences the customers. There's a marketing advantage to it. So even if he doesn't know the technology or understand it, and I have met Schiller on a few occasions, and he certainly knows his technology, he could certainly use that as a basis to overhaul the system from the marketing standpoint, knowing how it benefits the customer. He also knows Apple. Right. And he knows the Apple way. So maybe Phil Schiller can fix the App Store. I mean, Eddie Q knows Apple and knows the Apple way. And Eddie Q was in charge of the App Store and the Mac App Store before. And that's when they had those problems. So uh, I, I don't know. But, 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 but the original point here, Gene, is that... Is that Let's get to the original point in the next segment. I'm over time. All right. We'll get to more points here about what we're talking about. I'm Gene Steinberg. We've got Brian Chaffin for one more segment on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com 
Why be held hostage by your wireless carrier for two years? What if you had no contract, no activation fees, no hidden costs, tracking, tracing, harvesting customer data, or draconian gimmicks, all on the nation's best 4G LTE network? Introducing Pix Wireless. Bring your phone and other qualifying devices to Pix and choose a plan starting at only $14 a month. Get connected now. Call or click 1-866-267-2056 or PixWireless.com. Spelled P-I-X, Wireless.com. Pick Pix and get connected today. It's about time something new came along for better selling and buying online, and I found it. It's BuySellMakeOffer.com, a brand new company that's the newest and best way to sell products online. You can even use Skype or video to sell your car, home, any product. You get 30 days free, packages starting from only $7.95, and BuySellMakeOffer.com never charges item fees ever. Just go sign up, then load your stuff to sell. I love this site. BuySellMakeOffer.com. Got it? BuySellMakeOffer.com. Better selling, better buying. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with Reputation Defender, a service from Reputation.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with Reputation Defender. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800 831 0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with Reputation Defender. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. That's 800-831-0771 or visit reputationdefender.com. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. We have Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. As we continue our discussion, we were talking about Philip Schiller inheriting the app stores and such, and you had a further point to make. Yeah, so in the Jeff Williams, who uh, helped bring the Apple Watch to uh, to life, uh, we also have uh, Johnny Ive taking on the chief design officer role with, with two of his lieutenants stepping up to the vice presidential role. Th- these are all examples of new people 
keeping an eye on being responsible for products. And, and we actually, we have to have that. We have to have new people, more people, because Apple is just getting bigger, right? That may have- be one of the reasons also that these were taken out of the hands of Eddie Q, the app store, is that he's got to do a lot of things and he has a lot of tasks. He's got, you know, Apple Music now, and maybe they're going to try to get that TV subscription service going. So just his sheer workload get somebody else in there or maybe get different eyes in there to manage these things. Yes. Still not part of my original point, but yes, those, those things are, those things are all true. The, the, the reality is that Apple is getting bigger. We need more people able to bring that maniacal level of focus that has always made Apple's products better since the returns to jobs in particular. And because there's just so many products and Apple is so big the solution isn't for Apple to stay the same size and not to go into new ventures, right? That's, that doesn't make any sense. That, that is not the way to get quality under control. We need more people able to bring that Apple level of polish to things. And we've seen Tim Cook doing this. Whether or not it's going to be successful remains to be seen. To wit, the Apple Watch, as I have said, um, is, is missing uh, a killer functionality. And, you know, funny enough, we had a new person in charge of it. I don't know how successful uh, these things are going to be, but we have to have these new people. And we probably need even, no, we, we, Apple assuredly needs even more people who can do this. So it's not just corporate musical chairs, you think? No, not at all. No, no. This, this is a product of Apple becoming larger. But Apple, you know, Apple's executive team is tiny compared to the size of its business compared to any, you know, it's tiny compared to companies that are a fraction of its size in terms of business. Now it's probably not tiny in compared to other companies, product lines, because Apple has a tiny product line compared to all of the other companies out there, you know, all the other large companies. I know it's interesting. Apple is such a unique company and, and it sits in so many unique places and does things in so many unique ways I'm glad I'm, I, I, honestly, I'm glad I'm not the person who's got to make it all work. And obviously, the machine's getting bigger and bigger. And to keep it lean and mean, they got to have more people doing it, right? Yeah, they do. The flip side of that is that things are slipping through the cracks. What I hope is that these are growing pains and not, not a one-way trip because Steve Jobs isn't with us. Because I don't actually think that that's the problem. So some things slip through the cracks when Steve Jobs is still with us. But I think he was perfect. Mm, no, we want to we want to say that when we're looking when we're looking back in hindsight, but we didn't used to think he was perfect. Oh no, I mean he was an egomaniac. Now we just assume that Tim Cook is incompetent, <laughs> and neither of those are true. Steve wasn't an egomaniac, and Tim Cook is not. Tim Cook has done an incredible job. Um, well, I'm surprised we we uh, we didn't get to it, but th- this was definitely news from last week. But but Trip Chowdhury. He's calling for Tim Cook's head on a platter. Again? Yes. Yes, he is. And it's just nonsense. It's just it's a complete nonsense like most of the other things that Trip Chowdhury says about Apple. He's an analyst with Global Equities Securities. Now, I always wonder about these industry analysts who come up with this nonsense. Isn't there a boss, a CEO, somebody, if the analyst isn't the CEO, who says to him, you know what? I'm looking over your record. Your track record isn't very good. You write all these articles about Apple. You have all these pronouncements about Apple. 
and maybe we're getting a good hit count. Maybe that's all it's, what it's about. But it's not accurate. You're giving information that turns out not to be true. Well, for, for someone like Trip Chowdhury, his boss is ultimately uh, the people who will pay for his research notes and any appearance fees he gets. Because he's willing to say silly things about Apple. Of course, you know, he doesn't always say silly things about Apple. In, in December, he was saying a whole month ago, he was saying how 2016 was going to be the year of Apple. In January, he's saying that Tim Cook is has no vision and is grossly incompetent and needs to go back to operations. Um, but these things do net him speaking appearances and appearances on CNBC and other uh, cable news shows. And and whether or not he's getting paid directly or whether or not that results in him getting more clients, hard to tell. But no, there is no there is no one boss that's calling this stuff most of the time. It's really all about how much money these these people can bring in. You see, that explains why I don't watch these industry analysts on CNBC or other shows. The reason is because, by and large, they make pronouncements that don't seem to have any resemblance to fact. I'll read Macalope, for example, or Daniel Aaron Dilger at Apple Insider, or some of the stuff I write, and the stuff, of course, that's over at the Mac Observer, where you cover just a wide range of material. You have to read the stuff from people who really know what they're talking about. Yeah. You know, when the Wall Street Journal is reporting a story based on a leak, I pay attention to it. Same thing with the New York Times. But when the New York Times is screwed up, I mean, they had this story. This is just very brief before we have to go. They had the story about allegedly a criminal investigation into former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton's actions with regard to having a private email server. That story turned out to be false. And they've had a whole bunch of stories like that that turned out to be false. The New York Times apologized for it. The New York Times also did a couple of hit pieces on Apple, where in one case they made a big deal about how Apple was using sweatshops in China for building its products, but not mentioning the fact that those same factories are building gear from Dell, HP, and other companies. True, and maybe we should talk about that the next time because that's certainly uh, uh, worthy of a long discussion. Nonetheless, there are some mainstream sources I pay attention to, and there are some analysts that I pay attention to. Trip Chowdhury is not one of them unless I'm getting mad. Oh, we can just make a big list. And sometimes when you look at an analyst, see if you can find a list of their clients. You know, because somebody's working for Microsoft and providing industry analysis to them, you think they're going to be kind towards Apple? I mean, technically, you want the person to be intellectually honest regardless of who writes the paycheck. In the real world, it doesn't always work out that way. Brian Chaffin, please tell our listeners where we can find more of the stuff that you do. Well, you can find my personal blog at geektels.com. That's G-E-E-K-T-A-L-E-S. Actually, I posted a, a bit of a... A story about someone who gets touched in the shower. Uh, I'm also at MacObserver.com, and you can find me on Twitter at TM O'Brien. I thought when you wrote that item about the shower, I have a comment I wrote on it, that maybe a ghost was whispering at you. Could have been. You can find us on Twitter, where we're known as Tech Night Owl. Look for Tech Night Owl on Twitter. Look for a guy named Gene Steinberg on Facebook. If he's wearing that red flannel shirt, the plaid flannel shirt, I still have that red plaid shirt. I still have it. I still wear it occasionally. It's the only shirt I have. No, I'm not like Steve Jobs where you, you know, where I have 40 different shirts with the same color. But no doubt that guy is me unless somebody is impersonating me. There's, by the way, a picture of me 
online somewhere wearing a suit. I never wear a suit. I don't know what they did. I think they photoshopped me. We have another radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night called The Paracast. And this week we have a guy named Dr. Kirby Surprise who wrote a book about synchronicity, my friends. I'm serious. He's a practicing psychologist. Go to Paracast.com. That's Paracast.com. Don't forget Tech Night Owl Plus, where you can get the ad-free version of this show. We take out the 41 minutes of network ads. And when we have people like Brian Chaffin, you hear them even better. And people like Kirk McElhern, because we give you a higher resolution copy. That's an exchange for taking out the ads. We could improve the audio quality without increasing the file size. You want to find out more about the modest subscription rates? Go to plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. Brian Chaffin, thank you for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for having me, Gene. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.